Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live and oh, we are super excited for this edition because we're going to be uh, previewing the 2021 Paris-Roubaix and it is going to be absolutely epic. Uh, I'm your host Dan Jones, joined as always by full-time national road champion from Australia, Johnny Chavo, 2007 Paris-Roubaix winner, Olympic gold medalist and a man that's won motor races, Curio Grady and he's obviously the race director for the Santos Tour Down Under as well. Uh, fellas, uh, I suppose we should obviously talk about uh, the race yesterday, the first ever edition of the Women's Paris-Roubaix. And, and I must admit, I, I was expecting the conditions to be a lot worse than what they were, Iffy. And when we saw the images, it was still wet, but it sounds like the, the bad weather's been passed on to the men for tonight. A little bit of that, uh, although we don't know exactly how wet it was at the start because we didn't get, didn't get to see anything of that. I was a bit disappointed where, you know, we've got this wonderful women's race, first time ever for the for the Parabay for the ladies, covered brilliantly by, by FPS, but they couldn't get the footage mm. at, until, you know, like 11 o'clock at night or something, and it was 50K to, to go. So we didn't see the early part where it did rain a bit evidently. And we didn't see that uh, Dignan, who did an amazing ride, broke away just before the first cobble section. So she rode the whole race away, 80-something kilometres. Amazing. I would like to have seen that. A bit disappointing. But, hey, you're dead right, uh, Dan. They, they got out of jail. The weather was wet, but it wasn't ridiculous. You know, they could still ride down the edges uh, of the of the road on the, on the dirt, and they, they got out of jail. But still some horrendous crashes. But... I just thought it was a wonderful race. What were your thoughts, Stewie? Yeah, I've got to agree there. I was pretty, I was pretty um, uh, disappointed when the coverage came on and, and it was 50k to go. I was kind of settled in and, and ready to watch the whole race. So uh, I think I share the, the same um, thoughts as a lot of people that uh, with that kind of occasion, um, yeah, it would have would have been fantastic to see the girls race from from start to finish. Uh, but in saying that, at the same time, uh, for all the girls that are out there on the bike, you know, what a monumental um, challenge and, and to be a part of history, uh, you know, it kind of delivered everything which I thought we thought it would. Um, you know, it's super, look, Paribay in the wet, uh, yeah, it's it's not fun. It's not funny. I know a lot of people go, oh, you know, it's awesome. It's going to be uh, great TV. Well, you know, uh, unless you've been on a bike and, and kind of sprinting into a section at 55 60k an hour and, and you hit a wet cobble um yeah it's, it's very dangerous so i was pretty concerned for the for the for the riders to be honest um and obviously there were a lot of crashes and you know it's going to be even worse tonight uh it's one thing you know to have a bike race and and sure it makes great footage and, and everything but the two peribays i tried uh, in the wet both ended up with me with my kneecap about the size of my um my torso so you know, it's, it's dangerous out there. and um, But, yeah, hopefully most of the riders got through. I haven't seen too much of a report on, on the damage. But, look, at the end of the day, uh, it was a fantastic race. Um, pity about uh, Sarah Roy in the final. I thought she would have had a really good chance there to, to get on the podium. And, and she looked really comfortable. She looked strong. So, mm. you know, that was a bit of a, bit of a disappointment personally. Um, but, yeah, uh, really looking forward to tonight. It always dishes up amazing photos, Paris-Roubaix. And uh, Christoph Mon <laughs> got the classic after the finish there of Sarah Roy being hosed down by Nico with the high-pressure hose before she got <laughs> I suppose one of the, the problems with the crashes, Stewie, is, is the possibility of infection when you're dealing with mud. Yeah, look, it's not pretty. I mean, you, you eat a lot, you swallow a lot. Um, you know, it's going in everywhere. So... Uh, you know, as, as everybody says, when you finish your Perry Bay, every single person that's taken that start line um, has got their own story to tell at the end of the at the end of the race. Um, you know, a few have really good ones, uh, have great memories, but for the other ninety nine percent, you know, something happened. You got caught behind a crash. I mean, the thing with Perry Bay, especially in the wet, first bit of advice is getting the getting the breakaway um, because you've got less stress, um, a little bit of a head start. And you only have to deal with the people that are in the breakaway, um, and you can choose your line. But when, but when you're in the peloton coming into that first section, it's it's worse than than any bunch sprint you could imagine because you're dealing with not just a bunch of sprinters, but uh, you know classic skies. There's the chaos. It's left and right, and and it's just so dangerous. And the, you know the importance of being at the front 
um, is kind of magnified in Paru Bay. You have to be, even in a breakaway, you have to be first or second. You know, every you know, I had, a, I had my own little theory where every every bike rider in front of me was a potential disaster. You know, that was another drink bottle that could come bouncing out and and in my race. So I always, if I could, like to start second wheel, even first, and then you can let someone come past and take over. You know, in the longer sections, but every person that's in front of you is just one more person that can take you out. Yeah, um, yeah, amazing. A lot of talk if he was about things like the prize money as well. You know, a uh, guy said, great racing. Missanda learned the women's winner only got one twentieth of the prize money the men will earn. Women, 1,500 euro. Men, 30,000 euro. It's one of those things where it's just like, if you're going to do it, rip the Band-Aid off. Because in terms of TV viewers last night, the anticipation for that event was as good as anything. Men, women, whatever. Like, so many people would have been tuning in. If you're going to do it, just go all out. Just do it the same. Like, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. You've got to remember, though, cycling is very different to a lot of other sports. It's never been about the prize money. When you look at the men's prize money, that's a joke compared to how big the sport is at a world scale, especially in Europe, and you compare the prize money of cycling to most other sports, to tennis and golf and all of those things. It's just ridiculous. But our structure is different. It's in your contracts and all of those sort of things. But and the women, they're much worse off. And you're dead right, Dan. It's spot on. Rip the band aid off. Just finally got it. Do it properly. Mm. Uh, that that's almost uh, uh, almost a, a slap in the face. Uh, th- that little amount of prize money. Mm. Uh, Annette Miller said, uh, "Annemiek van Vluten broke her pubic bone in two places. That's uh, not good to hear." Um, yeah. So. He's- as you said, epic edition. Epic and a lot of the, like Will Wizard said, uh, there was no TV for anyone until 52K to go. And lots of crashes happened in uh, the Deneen town circuit and the worst mud sections are earlier. So all the great images that you would have seen, obviously not from a rider's mm-hmm. perspective, Stu, but that was all early in the race. And again, if you're going to do the yeah. coverage, I mean, it's also good for the crews. I know it's more expensive, but it's a dry run as well. Like, you know, cover yeah. the whole thing from the start. Because people would have been tuning yep. in, and their sponsors are going to get paid oh as ridiculous. Well, well and, and as uh, our last uh, caller just said, it, it wasn't SBS problem. That no. was yeah, that's right. When the feed came out, it was just terrible. I felt for them as well. I know mm. they wanted to do it. I mean, they started early. I thought when it started on telly, I said, "Oh, we're going to see the first bit of cobbles," mm. but they had to <laughs> fill in for nearly an hour, whatever. But just yeah. before we get off that, I just wanted to say two things. One, while we mentioned Sarah Roy. And like you, Stewie, I thought she was in for a really good uh, ride, top 10 for sure, uh, and maybe even, you know, uh, on, on the uh, podium. She looked so good, and that was a terrible crash. Matter of fact, I didn't know that she would get up from it, but she still finished in, you know, 25th or 6th, something like that. So it was a very impressive ride, and I loved the little interview with her after the finish. She just was so happy to be there and said, oh, well, at least I'll have a Parabay story to tell. Might be the one I wanted, but I'll have one to tell, which was fantastic. She was she was great. And I just have to take my hat off to uh to the winner, Lizzie Dynan. I oh, mean, yeah. that was a ride. She yeah. was she went away right before the first bit of cobbles and that and away all day. And when when Marianne Voss went, it was nearly 20k to go chasing her and took nearly a minute in no time at all. I thought, oh, she's gonna catch her. But hey, that's as close as she got. She got there a minute 17 and that's where she stayed. So mm. absolutely uh, brilliant effort from uh, from Lizzie. Got a question for you from David Shuey. He says, Lizzie won on 30 millimetre tubeless tyres. What size did you ride in the UU one in 2007? And would you ride tubeless or tubes if riding now? And what size? Cheers. <laughs> oh, my little different terminology. No, we had, um, we had uh, tubeless tyres obviously um I, I don't think there's anything else you'd, you'd want to race in Perry bay the risk of pinching uh tubes is just um you know percentages just go through the roof so um yeah we had singles as, as we called them back in the day um and 28s so a bit smaller um but i think uh, 28s anyway i'll have to have a look it's been a while um yeah look at the end of the day the the, the pressure is is really critical um on a normal race we would on a normal stage in the tour de france for example or any other bike race where it's not going over cobbles you'd have about um what nine eight and a half bar in your in your 
uh, tyres, whereas for Parry Bay, uh, I think I had 5.5 in my front and 5 bar in my back. So uh, pretty soft when you're on the on the normal road, on the normal bitumen, but uh, certainly helped you out over the cobbles. Yeah, and just, right, to well, that, just to fill that in, just for that last viewer, uh, they were to, with, with tubs, as he calls them, or singles, as we call them, Stewie, in the old days, they mm. have got a tube. They've got a tube in them, a really uh, light. But now you've got three oh, variations. No. So you've got, you've got singles, you've got uh, tubeless uh, uh, high-pressure tyres and tubed high-pressure tyres. So there's three different types. And, yeah. and, uh, I know some of the teams, like Bike Exchange Road, are riding both today. Some are riding clinches and some are riding uh, singles. At, at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's got to be your personal decision because you're the one riding the bike. So you obviously do get a lot of pressure from the sponsors who, especially in races like Perry Bay, they want to come out and show off a new, you know, Roubaix edition or whatever. But um, certainly we use different tyres and different wheels through my career. And, you know, if that meant um, using a bit of a black marker pen to cover up your sponsor... Look, at the end of the day, um, you know, you've got one occasion a year to have a crack at Parry Bay and you've got to make sure that when you're on the start line, you're happy with everything that's on your bike. So there might be a bit of pressure from sponsors, etc., but you've got to make sure you have the best material possible, um, you know, and, and everyone's different. So some people like different kind of things. It's funny when Heyman came across to uh, Green Edge in 2014, before Roubaix, he was super stressed going into the race so he was having these barneys with the mechanics about the test and the tire pressure and it all had to be true, right 2015 they're locking horns again they couldn't work it out and they're you know Lars you know wanting him to ride certain frames and they're coming to blows then 2016 he just whatever he literally said to Lars yeah I don't care what you do mate and there was no stress because yeah. obviously he was <laughs> yeah. stoked to be there and it's amazing how much nervous energy Stewie can be burnt leading into the race Oh, 100%. I mean, you've just got to make sure, again, you know, the, the amount of nervous energy that you can burn before a race is, is crazy. So you've just got to, um, you know, you, you, you've got to try and be calm. Again, it's like before an Olympic Games or a world title or, or any other big event. You you know, you, you've got to try and take it as I used to try and do a bit later on in life was just go, you know what, it's just another bike race. Like, yeah, okay, it's all good to be, you know, nervous. You know, if you don't if you're not nervous on the start line, then then you're lying, to be honest. I mean, every athlete gets nervous on the start line, but to just try and um, you know, to think about okay, the media are here, but don't get too caught up in it. Try and, you know, just stick, stick to your your same routine that you do every other day of the year. You're racing exactly the same blokes that you race every stage of every race throughout your career. Um, you know, you've just got to try and eliminate all that kind of nervous energy that you burn. You know, you've got to stop going down and checking your bike 15 times. You've got to have trust in the mechanics. You've got to have trust in, um, you know, the, the chef and what you're eating. Trust in the masseur. Um, and just go, you know what, let's just, let's, it, it's just a buck price. Um, as long as you try and get there fit and healthy, then the rest, you know, it's up to, up to the cycling gods to sort out, I guess. It'd be worth having a couple of stubbies just over dinner the night before. Just take your mind off it. Get a good sleep in. Because if you got a, a video sent through from Brett Lancaster this morning, here's uh, the weather update. Thanks, Bert. It is closing <laughs> down. Yeah. That was just a few minutes ago from, from his hotel. And you, you spoke to Bill. Yeah. It does. Bill said, uh, said oh, hey, stop raining since last night. Yeah. He said from 5 p.m. till all night, and it's still bucketing down. It has not stopped. Uh, oh, wow. And I said, oh, you're on the bus now. And he goes, no, I'm having a nervous poo. <laughs> so. Oh, well, no. But, I mean, the, the, I've, I've never actually experienced where you wake up in Paru Bay and it's actually bucketing with rain. So that yeah. just makes it even worse. I mean. I actually really feel sorry for the guys. It's going to be it's going to be um, absolute carnage out there today. So look, the, the, these are the days where you know um, I'm hearing the wind is quite strong, a bit yeah. of a westerly wind. So you know, there's ninety k, there's ninety k from Compiègne to the first section. So you know, don't be don't be surprised if a quick step, um, the Koinik and, and another team try and actually just destroy it in, in that first section because. It's going to come down to numbers. And then, you know, these, these are the days that a breakaway gets away. Uh, they're a couple of minutes up the road and, and it's just a massive elimination race from behind. So it's going to be absolutely crazy. 
Um, look, I'm, I'm just really glad to be watching it from the couch. But, um, yeah, I'm actually concerned. It's, it's going to be horrible. Well, yeah. 2002 and is just... the last proper one that the, the men did, yeah. uh, which was wet. Uh, were you in that edition, Stuart? What were your memories, if you were? Yeah, I was. Um, I was in that one. I was doing okay. Uh, like, like many blokes were doing okay. But I was probably in the bottom of that one, actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we just came flying into a, you know, and these, these are one of the early years when you learn that stuff, which I was just talking about earlier about, you know, you, you, I think I came into a section about 10th wheel thinking, oh, you know, this is good. You know, I'm, I'm surrounded by, you know, I've got Maceos and all the guys I wanted near me. Um, and then the guy in front of you wipes out and then bang, you know, I ended up smacking my uh, knee on a cobblestone and um, I actually couldn't move. So I was over in, on the side in the mud. Uh, and all the whole race just went past me, and I ended up um, hitchhiking to to the feed zone in a in a farmer's Peugeot. But that's another story. Um, but no, it, did, they, it didn't it, it didn't finish too well. Um, yeah, again, you know, you're racing along and and you think you're in control, and then once 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 the guys start crashing, you can't actually you can't break, you can't stop. Um, the best uh, best form of defense is just to try and actually crash to the side and and not hit a cobble because landing on the cobbles really hurts. Um, we've got a comment from Samantha Ince. Can Luke do it, Stewie? It's obviously talking about Luke Durbridge. Yeah, look, I think Durbo can. He, he's probably been, um, you know, a rider, which, I, which I've said, you know, when, when asked which Australian can, can bring home a rock down under. Uh, look, Durbo's the man for the job. He's got years of experience. Um, he's big, he's strong. Uh, you know, he, he's got the skill set. He just needs a bit of luck. And, you know, that can happen. And, you know, not, of a, not a, that I'm a betting man, but I see he's about 501 to 1 at the moment. So he's Is worth he? chuck, chucking a couple of dollars on. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it stays like this. They pop up every, every now and then, like a service Carnarvon or myself, you know, uh, where the big favourites kind of um, are too busy watching themselves and these opportunities come around about every 10 years. So uh, all in for Durbo tonight, 100%. Do you think that they'll be able to take a bit out of what happened in the women's edition? In fact, how hard it's going to be to make ground if, if a break does get away? Nah, look, it, at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, there's so much going on. All you can do is, is you know, I think I read someone said earlier, you can you can have so many plans, you can sit around all night coming, conjuring up with plans A, B, C and D. At the end of the day, you've just got to get out there and you've got to make things happen. You know, you can't sit back and in a, in a day like this, you can't wait and be defensive you you have to be the team that, that is offensive and and try and never get up put on the back foot so that's why i think teams if it is windy and wet they will try and um you know basically just eliminate as many of their opponents as possible early on so then you got less guys to worry about coming into the first section and i guarantee you that coming into that first section once you come off the highway after about 90k and you've got about 10k through the suburbs to the first section there's going to be absolute carnage um, because you're always trying to, you know, catch up a few positions here and there, jumping up on the footpath, jumping around, guys. It's slippery. It, you're desperate. Um, yeah, a lot can go wrong. So you just got to put yourself in the best possible position and, and hope to God, to be honest. Carolyn's yeah. got a question for you. Uh, sorry. Uh, what is the rule with riders riding on the grass or the edge, not on the cobbles? <laughs> uh, whatever gets from A to B as quick as possible. <laughs> Um, look, you know, it, it's a funny one, that one, because in the dry, it's obviously a lot easier to go to the side and, and ride up the, the side. But that's rule where all the, the rocks and the dirt and the crap is and, and the holes, which you can't quite see, uh, are all on the side. So all the cars and the motorbikes that go before the race, and there's actually quite a big convoy of vehicles that go through. All the, all the crap gets thrown into the side. So if you're going to puncture, that's where it's going to happen. You never, ever puncture going straight down the middle of the cobbles. But straight down the middle of the cobbles is hard. So you've really got to go, you know, you'll see a lot of the guys early on, everyone's straight down the middle. Um, and especially in the wet, you certainly don't want to be on the sides because you actually can't see the size of the holes. And now also that the amateurs have already raced, you've had a grand fondo and the women the road on the side is actually just going to be destroyed. So there's going to be a lot of big potholes, which all look like a nice little flat puddle, which if you hit one, you could lose half your front wheel in. So you've got to try and go down the middle. And again, that's what creates the crashes before you get to the sections because everybody's thinking exactly the same thing. You've got to be in the first few. 
if he... Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, you've ridden a couple of wet uh, Pararo Bays, but there is no one on the start line today that has ridden uh, uh, a wet Pararo Bay. So it's going to be something new for them all. But you were spot on before. Mm. I reckon uh, De Kernick Quickstep will really uh, try and put pressure on right from the start. Uh, they're, they're, they're the team that's got probably the most depth, but they probably haven't got someone who can beat, mate, say, uh, Van Ert or, 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 or uh, Vanderpoel. So Vanderpoel, that yeah. will be their way. They'll be going on numbers, trying to get guys up the road. I reckon that'll, that'll be on right from the start. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Pushka says, why is everyone sleeping on Dylan Van Baal? He was so strong at the Worlds. I tip him for a podium finish. What do you reckon, Stewie? Oh, look, I think he's got to prove himself in a Perry Bay thing. I think anybody at the World Championships is a very different rider to, to what's out there today. Um, yes, he's Belgian. Yes, he's, uh, you know, he's obviously super talented. Yes, he's got great form, but but can he can he box on before a, a section of cobblestones in, in a wet Roubaix? Um, you know, Pogachar and those guys have got great form as well, but you don't see him on the start line. Today, today's a very different beast, which which takes us, you know, you, you're not there just to be a part of the team. You're there to try and do a job. And um, look, you know, that's not to say he won't have a get up the road and probably now win it. Because I've said that. But um, there's a lot of guys that you're obviously, obviously his favourites are Van Art and Van Der Poel, you know, with their cyclocross skills. But even that, on you know, cyclocross is one thing. Riding cobbles in the wet and the muds is a different uh, kettle of fish. So there's a lot of guys. I look through that start list, you know, there's a few favourites and then there's a whole bunch of people that could potentially win. You know, your Daniel losses, um, the guys that are big, strong blokes, which are, are like the plan B normally and without a Sargon there. Well, is Sargon there? I think he's on the star I, sheet. I think he is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's those kind of goes guys that get to go in that break that all of a sudden find themselves out the front we, and, you know, not with that pressure of being the leader and all of a sudden there's a big crash behind and things happen behind and, you know, you can find yourself winning the bike race. So there, there's there's 50 guys that could win tonight. And it's always the way when it's cold and wet, it's the guys with a bit more meat on their stick, you know, the, the sort of more <laughs> solid guys that end up doing really well. Um, what were we going to say, Johnny? I'll just say Van, I've got Van Baal as, as one of my uh, outsiders because uh, um, he is – yeah, quite good on the cobbles. Uh, he's, he's a Dutchie, not a Belgi, uh, Stewie, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Close, close. Just I always make, I always make, make one mistake on this show. <laughs> that's that's all right. I, that's I, I make, I make two or three on every show, but anyway, it's nothing mm. to do. <laughs> but, but I, I follow him a bit because he won the Sun Tour a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, that makes me uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, you're now club, Stewie. But um, no, I think he, he a, a great ride in the worlds. Way early as well, and still managed to get the silver medal in the worlds, uh, and does go quite well on on the uh, on the cobbles. So we always uh, eight eight Paro Bay, yeah, and has ridden sight across, um, yeah. So uh, Sagan so riding mechanical gears. Well, there you go. Don't don't blame him. And Kirsty uh, loves a punt. Uh, highest Aussie is Heinrich at thirty four dollars. Heino would be a very good chance today to be up the pointy end. You'd reckon. Another guy yeah, I'd say I'd say Heinrich Hausler a couple of years ago, I would say definitely, and he's he's gone, he's had a pretty good year. You're going mm. all right, but I, I don't know whether he's uh, in, in the form to you know get a top ten, but but he's capable. He was. So we've got six Aussies. So we've got Luke Durbridge, Mitch Docker, Heinrich Hausler, young Harry Sweeney, riding Rob Rob Stannard and Simon Clark. So we've got six Aussies on the start line. I personally think Durbo is the standout there. And Mitch, Mitch Docker, mm. you know, he, he is uh, his final race. He, he's yeah. retiring yeah, gotta, after today. Yeah. Yeah, i got to yeah. say a special mention to Mitch. I think it's fantastic for him, um, mm. you know, to, to, to get, bow out. He's a great career. He's a fantastic teammate. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure to, to share a team with, bus with, with Mitch. He was such a good bloke and, mm. um, you know, all the best to him today. I mean, it's going to be pretty scary. He had a, you know, he had a, obviously had a major accident in, in Roubaix and, and really hurt himself a few years ago. So, you know, for, for him, I actually feel sorry for him. I, he'd be really would have been praying for a nice dry Roubaix. So all our thoughts go to Mitch um, that he gets through safely and then he gets to Roubaix. Um, and then, yeah, good luck for the rest of his, uh, the next stage of his life. Now, to get people fired up, I want to uh, fire up the Detour DeLorean uh, iffy. 
Uh, there's a Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. 2013, Forest of Orenburg, <laughs> Stewie's in the front group, Matty Heyman's there, but you throw in the epic commentary, the epic part of the course, and some Puff Daddy. Oh, mate, this, this gets me going, and some great slow-mos of Stewie. And here we go. This is the Arenberg Trench as they're coming up to it. Four riders. It's okay for these guys, but they are going to hit this as hard as they possibly can when they arrive with the peloton. Look at the, the bumping and roaring of these men here. Now behind them, though, Sean, it's going to be like a flat-out sprint, isn't it, to get in here at the right position. That's why Tor Hushoff had a puncture at exactly the wrong time. You've got to be at the front, and it's almost like a lead-out for a sprint to get into this Arenberg section. Yes, and uh, I think it's worse than uh, some of the big sprints we see at the end of a race because there's so many riders want to be up front still with 80 riders the riders feeling really good and uh, yeah it can be just hectic as we can see the bunch uh, going on to the uh, Arenberg section Bargolis at the back there they're just uh, piling through at the moment who's going to win the race today? Mm. Uh, oh uh, Chavanel Chavanel? Hmm? O'Grady? Hmm? O'Grady? They obviously don't know the freckle. They're really young, they're really young. <laughs> now, how, how much will it benefit or hinder the rise the fact that the last time they raced Arenberg, they didn't have the barricades on the side? Um, yeah. Whereas this year they do. Is that is that a good thing or a bad thing, do you think? Uh, it's a good thing if you're a spectator, a bad thing if you're a bike rider because, um, you know, it got, got to certain points uh, on multiple occasions where I was way too out of position coming into the Arenberg and the only way to get to the front was to actually stop, go through the, the crowd, get on that bike path and then just gas it as quick as you could and try and make up some space. <laughs> uh, then someone had the bright idea to put the barricades up. So it certainly um, magnifies the Arenberg. I mean, it, you know, it was already the hardest section by a mile. Now they put the barriers up, there's no place to hide. And all of a sudden that that pathway through the forest feels so much skinnier and tighter and, you know, the crowd's hanging over the barriers. It's actually just, it's really pretty scary. Um, yeah, look, great memories back then. That was my last Perry Bay and to be out in the break and to be able to go through there and in the front was was a cool memory. You know, the race didn't plan out how, I'd, how I wanted, but, uh, you know, at over 40 years old, I was pretty happy just to be up the front, to be honest. <laughs> Before we let you, uh, you go, sure, because if he interviewed last night, uh, Mitch Docker and Matt Heyman, uh, so that'll be after the break, but who's your tip for this year's edition, mate? Yeah, well, look, I think I've gone with Steebar for the last four editions, um, you know, for kind of the reason I said before, he's a big, strong bloke, he's proved himself, he's been up there for so many years, but he just always never really delivered for Roubaix. I'm not going to pick him this year, so he'll probably go and, go and win it now. Um, I'm going to go Casper Askreen. I think he's got great form, um, you know, he's a big, strong bloke, He um, he's a bit of a machine, and I, I just think with the Koinix strength in numbers um look as i said there's 50 blokes that could win the race the obvious is the van arts van der Poel, but i'm going to go for Askreen. is this where john you kick and you go that was my tip there no they are way. come on johnny <laughs> there, there they are <laughs> i got casper Asgreen, michael velgren <laughs> Wood van Ert, and matthew van der Poel, and stobar so my, my well, speak, so. There we go. I, I don't need any notes, but um, and look, I'm also, also, you know, I've got a darkie in there. I'd love to see Derbo get up. I think, yeah. um, you know, what, what a stellar piece of, of um, you know, artwork that'd make for his trophy cabinet. But uh, yeah, look, just all the best for, for everyone out there tonight. I can't wait. Um, for me, this is my grand final day, so I'm pretty pumped. Enjoy, mate. Well, we appreciate you being on the detour. Uh, fantastic insights. What better from a 2007 winner himself? So uh, we'll check in again soon, mate. And, uh, yeah, Sounds enjoy good. the spectacle. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See you, Stuart. I'm just doing Take it easy. Stuart uh, Grady, uh, fantastic insights, as we said, uh, for this year's edition of Paribu Bay. We're going to take a drinks break, and after the break, we've got interviews with Mitch Docker and the 2016 winner and now DS of Bike Exchange, Matt Heyman. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 
374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank. And these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange. We simply wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to do the show without their support. And the Amy Gillett Foundation are great partners as well because it's a great message and well spoken by Phil Liggett. Uh, I've got a couple more comments. Uh, our mate Tom Maloney says, I've long been yelling at the TV at 2am. Robbie McEwen was initially responsible, but allowed us yell wasn't when Stewie won his pro Bay, it was when his teammate crashed on a corner and I thought it was Stewie. Um, that was an epic edition of the pro Bay. That had heaps of twisted turns. Uh, Johnny? It was. It was Well, it, it, interestingly, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Stewie about it, but it was the exact opposite of what's happening today. It was probably the driest uh, it, it, ever. It was so hot and dry, the dust was, uh, was coming up. And it was an amazing ride. Stewie, who... who was in the breakaway, and then uh, in in the longest section he punctured, and there was no car, so he had to go back to the chasing group, and uh, which he said, "Oh bugger, I'm going to have to," because he was riding for Cancellara, was defending champion, so he got back there. He actually had a little slip off there, so he was actually behind the main peloton. Got back on, gets up to Cancellara. Cancellara says. I don't feel so good, Stewie. Go for yourself. And seriously, I didn't even have to wait to confirm that. Someone else had attacked, a German guy attacked. Nick mm. went bang, way with Stewie right on the wheel. And he rode back up to the brake. So he went in the brake, out the back. And I mean, and then rode away from them on his own. It was an amazing we, victory. We did a really good interview with Stewie and Fabian Cancellaro about the Roubaix. So go yeah. on YouTube and, and search the detour, Stewie and Fabian, and you'll see a fantastic episode because they talk about brilliant. both their journeys and yeah it was really good uh sally says watching the croatian tour they came in late however at least have a recap from the start of the show to show what happened when the break etc no reason why they couldn't have done that for the women it's a good point they usually do like a compilation I agree, sally. Yep, yeah for sure yeah uh no, re re it was really really disappointing actually yeah will wizard says as bike exchange run out of riders not fielding a full team of seven um, and then he said, uh, Pete Williams says, overall, Bike Exchange is struggling for riders. Uh, Konachev crashed in recon yesterday. Yes, and I think that's why they had a full team. Uh, and I'm not sure that he's on the start line now, but they definitely had the seven in. Uh, but that some of that is news to me. I didn't realize they were fielding one, one, one down. 
Mm. Um, and people have asked about the coverage. They will be covering the whole race. Uh, I think you can see it on demand on SBS here in Australia. And uh, Will Wizard said the coverage starts in an hour. So they'll yep. probably show up from the gun, I'd say. Uh, now, as we said at the top of the show, you caught up with Mitch Docker last night because obviously today is going to be his final race in Europe. Uh, he's part one of the interview with Mitch. Well, here we are, Mitch Docker. The, your, your final swan, swan song, mate. It's hard to believe that, but uh, this, uh, tomorrow is going to be your final bike race. So just tell us a little bit about the story, mate. Well, the story in, in most recent times has been a little bit of a controversial controversial one because, you know, a little while ago I was thinking I'll, I'll just finish at Roubaix. I had a fantastic little program lined up and I was going to do the Bellinux Tour. I was going to do a Wallonie. I was going to do another race called... Uh, um, Van Pettigam and then Danan and I was just going to roll straight into Roubaix with a bit of racing but lo and behold I broke my elbow in the middle of an eco tour or Bellinux tour and it was all spanner was, was thrown in the works I didn't know if I was going to get back in time but I did it I did a Matt Heyman 2.0 I went on the ergo, I grabbed myself a step ladder, I put my arm in there I had a look, I got some advice off Maddie. And I've been on the ogre and I've managed to get back just in time for Roubaix. I don't know if that's a good thing, but I'm here anyway. <laughs> Which is fantastic, mate. We were just talking to Matty Heyman only just a short time back. And uh, we we're talking about, you know, of course, all the glory and, uh, and the beauty of his uh, ride in 2016 and his win. But 2016 wasn't quite so good for you because uh, take us through that absolute disaster as it turned out. Well, yeah, that was that was a crash and a half, that one. Coming into Arenberg, you know, I just... The, the short of the story is I was off the back of the peloton from a crash from the sector before, and I was just trying to get back to the peloton on Arenberg and potentially went into that sector a little bit over keen and was just really hitting it, hit the stones, and I lost control there and ended up landing on my face. Um, and everyone or anyone might know the story. You can look it up and you'll find out pretty quickly what happened there. But it was, a, it was a turning point in my career. Um, sort of that was in 2016, you know, whatever that was now, five, six years ago. Um, and I'm still here now racing because I think because of that point, because it allowed me to stop, reassess what was going on in my life, in my career, and then go and have another go at it. Um, and I've been really, in a weird way, grateful for that because it's allowed me to have this sort of second part of my career where, I've enjoyed a completely different role and a, a different sort of part of my cycling life. And now now I'm finishing at that race that sort of, first of all, I fell in love with, secondly, stopped me and allowed me to reassess, and now I can finish on it. It's a wonderful, uh, I was just reading some wonderful quotes from Velo News, and you talk about Parara Bay uh, as uh, uh, it defeats you, but you want to come back and try and uh, defeat it. So um, have you defeated it yet? <laughs> I think it was the only year that I I had that one special year back in 2010 where I finished 15th, and that sort of hung over me from my whole career. You could say positively and negatively too positively because it gave me the belief that I can be up there, but negatively because you're always trying to strive to do better than that. And sometimes it feels like it can block you in a way. Um, but I don't still see that as my best ride in the race. There's been some other years where I've done some fantastic rides and I had a real opportunity in those early days to go on the breakaway. Yet as my career has gone on, I've tried to race with the best and do it a different way. So I've probably been defeated by the race more times than I've conquered it, but um, I don't know. I love the challenge of it. It's I'm scared of the challenge this weekend because it's going to be some more elements. It's going to be a wet, rough one, and I think it's going to be one of those ones, like always, that you're going to look back on upon very fondly, but in the moment, you're probably not going to love it. I was reading somewhere, it surprised me actually, that uh, there's no one on the start line tomorrow that's ever ridden uh, a, a wet uh, Parra Bay, which uh, includes uh, you, of course. So uh, I suppose it's a little bit fitting that at least you'd be able to say, yeah, I rode one wet one. We always say we should do it. And looking at those images from 2001, 2002, again, I'm quickly forgetting how hard it is, even as a cyclist and knowing how hard it is, watching it on TV, you just can't understand that. And... 
I'm looking at it going, it's not too bad, I don't think. And I can just really have to take myself out of the image there and go, it is horrible. It's six degrees and rain, let alone how slippery it is. It's just going to be a war. There's, there's really no other word for it. Like, and we always thought, oh, it's going to be a war out there. That will be an epic war tomorrow if it rains like it's predicted. Now, before we go to part two, Ify, Sporza in Belgium have just posted some latest pics of the course. Uh, so oh. it is an absolute bog oh. heap. Oh, look at the gumboots. Oh, oh. Like that scares you. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I'd be putting cleats on the gumboots. Oh, oh. That, uh, I mean, we're laughing, but it, it seriously makes it, it's going to be the biggest raffle of all time. Yeah, forget about yep. it. You know, I've got my winners here, but it's a raffle tomorrow or tonight, today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, here's part two of your interview with Mitch Docker. And you, you're, you're very popular in the Peloton. You've got uh, your great podcast, Live in the Peloton. Uh, and uh, But do you think your popularity will help you? We reckon that'll uh, people will say, oh, look, it's, it's Mitch. We'll give him a little bit of room here. Do you think that'll help? In the Peloton, I don't think so. I think that that kind of stuff has gone out of the Peloton a few years ago, no matter who you are. No one gets any room anymore, um, whether you're a good rider or whether you're a popular guy. And I think tomorrow's going to be one of those days where no one wants to give anyone room. Um, I actually was watching the 2001 edition of Paris-Roubaix just the other day, and there's a great interview with Stewie O'Grady at the start. And Stewie says... You know, what you're going to have to do today is you're going to have to be in the top five wheels the whole day in the first sector and the whole time you're going to have to fight for the top five wheels. And it sounds like an obvious thing, but that's what the fight's going to be for tomorrow because anything behind top five is just going to be carnage, dangerous, slippery. You're not going to be able to see. Um, so I think it's just going to be, yeah, there's a lot of wind predicted, which I think actually in the hindsight is, is a good thing because it's maybe could split the race up a little bit. And by the time we get to the first sector, some of the selections may be already made. So my prediction for me is it splits early, group of 40 go in the front. I just managed to scrape in there. We hit the first few sectors. I get through that. Lo and behold, coming into Arenberg, there's 30 guys left. And I come across Arenberg with the first 20 guys, and then we see what happens from there. That sounds like a great plan, mate. So with other years, as you mentioned, a break gets up the road and, and uh, it's a bit really a, a real race to, to, to Arenberg, to the forest of Arenberg. That's when the real pressure comes on. But I reckon with it being wet, that's going to change right back to the first sector. Yeah, definitely. Like I think if, if, was, if there wasn't wind predicted, it would have been, and it could still be, like I said, that fight for the top five wheels into that first sector is pretty important anyway, especially tomorrow. And it's just, it's like a bunch sprint. I said to someone the other day, I potentially have more chance of winning a race than being first into the first sector tomorrow because it's that hard to be first in there. It's so fast. And um, that's going to be probably the most dangerous part. But hopefully... I say this in a weird way. Hopefully it's really, really windy and it's a lot of echelons that there is a bit of a selection before. And I think even if you're in the second or third group in the echelons, it doesn't mean your race is over um, because there's going to be problems. There's going to be guys. And this is such a race, like Matty Heyman says, you just got to keep riding and you'll ride back on and ride back through. Now, you, you touched on uh, your, your, your crash uh, in the Benelux Tour, which is only <laughs> just over a month ago. Uh, uh, and... Just take us through the actual – look, it's broken elbow. It's pretty serious. So how have you got yourself to be here on the start line? Yeah, it was it was a bit more serious than we thought. Like I rode through the end of the stage there. I, I broke it at kilometre zero. It was a big crash. And initially I thought it was my wrist and we just rode through. The doc said it wasn't broken. So as a typical cyclist, if it's not broken, you, just, you shouldn't pull out. You know, that's just a bit of a, a soft move. So I rode through and <laughs> – it just wasn't right. I couldn't really even stand up on the bars. So we did get an x-ray and in the end it was a it was a cracked um, radius, the top of the radius where it joins at the elbow there. We just threw it in a car straight away with the, with the idea of let's get this repaired as soon as possible with a chance of riding Roubaix. Um, I did 10 days in the cast just on the ergo and then another sort of 
five, six days with a cast off on the ergo. And then I jumped, went out on the road. But I have to admit, even when I went out on the road, sort of would have been just inside two weeks before this race, the first few sessions, I really doubted if I would make Roubaix because I just felt so far away of riding normally. I could ride along, but in order to race, you've got to pull on the bars. You've got to be able to sprint when you need to. You've got to be able to brake efficiently. I couldn't do all that stuff. I could roll along on a cruisy bunch ride, but every day it's just got better and better and better and still not 100%. Um, the thing that worries me the most is just the function of my hand. Um, all the ligaments and things like that are a little bit tight and sore. So braking and getting out of the seat for me isn't still natural. Um, but it's good enough. You know, I've done the recon. I did 16 sectors and it wasn't hurting it that much. So if I can do that, I think I'm ready for the big one. Well, as you say, uh, the similarities with Matty Heyman are, are enormous uh, for the fact that he, you were in that, you crashed in that race and he won. This is your 10th, is it your 10th? Or your, uh, yeah, I think this is your 10th uh, Perro yep. Bay and your final race. So wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have the same sort of fairy tale, mate? I don't know if I'm in that kind of form, but um, you never know. You just never know with this race. And like I said, if I if something plans out like I predicted and you come off Arenberg in the front group, it's a funny thing, Roubaix. You know, guys start drifting away and you don't know what happened. You think, oh, that's strange. What's he doing? He's dropping back to go get something from the car. Oh, no, he's just getting dropped. It's a funny race like that. Um, it's a very fatiguing race. And, you know, one of my attributes is long racing. As I've got older, it's... It suited me more. Um, look, I'm not writing it off, but I think it'll be uh, a real long shot. But anyway, I'm in there. So that's that's the start. Now, uh, EF, uh, your team, have had like a real a brilliant year and uh, uh, some great performances uh, right throughout the season. Have you got any other role? Who's, uh, who in your team do you think has got the best chance uh, tomorrow? We've got two guys that are going really well. Um, Michael Valgren, who was just third at the World Championships. Great he hasn't right. ridden Roubaix before, but he's really moving well. He won two races just before the Worlds. He finished third at the Worlds last week. Um, and then we've also got classic specialist Sebastian Langeveld, who's finished third here before and been in the top 10 another time as well. I think this is his 14th edition at Roubaix, so he knows what to do here. Um Plus, the team's actually just quite a strong team. We've got Stefan Bissinger, who was leading the Unico Tour, or the Benelux Tour, a few weeks ago. He rode the Worlds as well, rode very well in the time trial of the Worlds. Jonas Rusch, who's a young German who's very strong, suits him here. We've got Scott, uh, Tom Scully, who's just a powerhouse on the cobbles. And we've got another young Dutchy, um, Ulis Vandenberg. So, like, I think it's a strong squad. And like I said, if it, if it ends up turning out like we said in the crosswinds, I wouldn't be surprised if we have majority of our team or, you know, the whole of our team in that front group. And then we can just see what happens and play some cards from there. That's sensational. Look, I just want to uh, thank you, Mitch, for coming on board and wishing you well tomorrow. And I can tell you now that everyone watching that TV tomorrow will be rooting for Mitch Docker, it's been a fantastic career. You've been an absolute legend. And uh, I just wish you all the best for tomorrow, bud. Thanks, guys. And I'll see if I can get my face on the front for a little bit. Great interview there, Ify, with Mitch Docker. Now, Stewie sent me another photo. Oh, it just looks absolutely filthy. Oh. Now, a few comments are coming in. Uh, Kim Dixon said, is there a point where they would consider cancelling the race due to the conditions? No. All right, that answers that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving along, um, we all, you also did an interview with Matt Heyman, uh, obviously the winner of 2016, and now he's uh, leading Bike Exchange's chances. And we spoke earlier about uh, Luke Durbridge. Uh, so here's the interview with you with Maddie last night. Okay. So, Matty Heyman, how are you, mate? Uh, yeah, what's it like? <laughs> I was going to say, what's it like in sunny Belgium today? But I guess I hear it's not too sunny. No, uh, in France here, we are actually at this hotel. We're only about five kilometres from the entry to Arenberg. Um, and we'd just gone out for a little little ride. And it rained quite heavily last night. And it's currently dry, uh, quite windy. And the women are due to start in a couple of hours here. So, um, yeah, it's uh, shaping up to be quite a race on the weekend. 
Yeah, look, a fan, uh, just a, it's hard to imagine a weekend of Perro Bay. So before we, we'll touch on the, on the men's in a minute, but as you mentioned, uh, and I don't know why I said Belgium, probably. probably <laughs> We're pretty close. We're pretty close to Belgium. <laughs> pretty close. I know that. I know that. But, um, uh, yeah, the so women's race, so first ever uh, uh, women's Perro Bay. Um, and they're going to get a wet one by the looks of it. So what, what are the conditions looking like for start a couple of hours? Yeah, look, uh, a lot of rain overnight, and uh, we just went out and had a look at a couple of sectors. So the sector before Arenberg, and um, that's not one that the women do today. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be muddy, it's going to be slippery, and there's a lot of puddles out there. So they are, you know, going to get the full experience on their first time round, and, and something that, uh, that the men's race has been waiting for since probably the early 2000s to have another wet one. Um, so they are straight into it. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> dry out time you know, what we just saw yeah. today, what we just saw an hour ago, there's not, not going to be much change for them in the next couple of hours, so it's going to be very wet. So going back to, before we start on, on tomorrow's race, going back to uh, your early days, did you ride one of the wet ones? When, when was your first Paris-Roubaix? Uh, 2000 was my first Paris-Roubaix, and I've done two, two full wet Roubaix and, a, and um, a wet stage in Tour de France as well in uh, 2014. But um, no, yeah, I've done, I've done two, two wet Roubaix, and uh, it is a, it's a different beast. It's uh, totally different to a dry version, so... Um, there's not a lot of explaining that I can do to the guys, but it's it's it just slows the race down a lot. Um, there's a lot of crashes, a lot of punches, a lot of chaos, and um, it's really hard to know where you are, where where your teammates are. Uh, you seem to go. I remember going on to one sector, being in a group of five guys, and and I could swear I came off with five different guys. And I don't know. Everybody will have a story come Sunday evening about what happened to them. So. Um, there's a lot of chaos, but I'm really trying not to to broach that with the boys in in the lead up, and we're just talking about um, what we can control, um, and then we'll go over that after the race. I was just talking to uh, Jerry Ryan because I'm up at Nagambian, and uh, as he is, and I'm catching him tomorrow. And I told him I was going to be talking to you, and he said, "Well, make sure you wish Maddie all the best, and uh, uh, tell him to um, wish the guys all the best from him." But I remember. Uh, being at Jerry's place when he was living in South Yarra and the Commonwealth Games went right past his um, front door and we were up on the, on the balcony watching you uh, take out that Commonwealth Games. That seems like a long time ago. What was it, 2006? Gee, that's a long while ago, Matty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Roubaix win seems to be fading into as a memory, <laughs> but uh, 2006, that, that was a long time ago. But uh yeah, doing the Commonwealth Games was something I was pretty proud of, and uh, and actually going back to Brisbane uh, on the Gold Coast, sorry, and 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 finishing off my career there as the last time I represented Australia was pretty special too. So, always have fond memories of that race. I yeah, uh, I just uh, had a quick look at the old footage of the 2016 Para Bay, which you won. And it still makes the uh, hair stand up in the back of my neck, so I can imagine what it does for you. And I don't know who was the most excited, you, Matty Wilson, or Dan Jones, because everyone seemed, you seemed to be in disbelief. It took you a while to sort of, sort of, you knew you'd won it, but then you sort of doubted it afterwards. It seemed a real strange sensation. Yeah, it was. It was. I think uh, I really got into that race mode in, in the last uh, 10, 15K of the race. And, and um, you know, I just kind of felt a bit strange to be throwing my hands in the air. I mean, it's something you dream about. And uh, I kind of put them up there and just wanted to make sure that there was nobody up the road or I hadn't got it wrong. Um, had, I just, had I just uh, shattered the dreams of, of many of Belgian, of him taking out his fit. Um, so, yeah, there was a, there was a moment of... Um, I think I just did what I did, but I wasn't quite sure for a little while. And Jonesy came rushing over and confirmed. Um, <laughs> he did. And I'll tell you what, I was very impressed with Bonin uh, after that. I mean, we know he's a champion, but the way he uh, – he would have been really disappointed to take yeah. the record and all of that, but the way he just embraced your win as pretty special. I thought that was a, a special moment as well. Yeah, I'm not sure I could be so humble in defeat and especially having won as many as he had and, and having the weight of his nation um, on the back of him. Uh, I think he, he, he was very, uh, very coming, very, you know, approachable afterwards and, and just said straight up, congratulations, it's going to mean a lot to you, it'll change your life. And 
you know, of course, he's an you know, ultimate competitor at the time, and I was, you know, uh, very intimidated by his presence in, in that breakaway, but uh, afterwards he, he couldn't have been nicer about it. Now, tomorrow, um, you're DS of the, of the Team Bike Exchange, uh, and Durbo, it's sort of, he's becoming the, the, the next Matt Heyman. It's becoming yeah. a bit of a, 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 a quest for him, this race. And, yeah. Uh, so is he, the, is he the main man for you tomorrow? Yeah, look, I think we've got, uh, we've got a few guys that, um, you know, have the experience of getting around. Jack Bowers actually come in some good form, but, but obviously Luke Durbridge and, and Jack are, uh, are the strong men of the team. They're here with uh, good form. They're focused about doing this race. Um, they're ready to take this race on. Rain, hail or shine, and we're pretty sure it's going to be raining. And, uh, yeah, so, so very much looking to support Durbridge. And, and you know, he's, he's uh, I think this will be his seventh through Bay. He's been up there. He's been up in the top 20. He's, he knows what it's all about. Um, and uh, we also got Chris Jensen, um, who, uh, you know, he, he's just such a strong rider and, and, and useful in all trains. You can have him in the Giro or you can have him in, in Paris-Roubaix. And so his, his uh, attributes will be uh, needed on, on tomorrow. I was going to say Sunday, but it's, it's fast approaching. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely need, need Chris there. We've also got Rob Stannard. He's a young guy. He's, he's full of courage and he's ready to go. Um, so yeah, we've got a, you know, Barnabas peak. It'll be his first. So we've got a couple of new guys. Uh, Rob's done it once before, so he kind of knows what he's getting into. Um, so yeah, but we'll be looking to support Luke, and I, and I think he's you know he's he's one of those guys that's shown uh, over the years. Like myself, I, I see a lot of the same kind of passion for this race in in Luke, and um, I think he's just ready to get on with it now. We've we've been at the hotel long enough. We've done all the recon. We've done all the work. He knows the forms there. He just wants to get started, and I know exactly what that feels like. <laughs> you certainly do. So, look, you've ridden it many times. You've been top ten, you know, on three or four occasions. Yeah, but. And, of course, you've got the ultimate prize. Yeah. But what's the main bit of knowledge that you uh, think you will impart onto the guys? Yeah, I think it changes tomorrow with the, with the weather. Um, had it been a dry one, I would have probably used slightly different tactics. But uh, tomorrow it's, it's, uh, it's going to be getting ahead of the game. Every time I uh, had a good ride here, you know, I couldn't match the Cancellaras. I couldn't match the Tom Vernons when they, when they really go on a, on a sector. Um, but this race often opens up and there's there's so much attacking, there's so much riding that um, just trying to get ahead of the game, um, uh, which which Stewie did, which I did, which which a number of riders have used very successfully in this race. Uh, but it's not it, it's it's no secret. So everybody will be trying to do that, and and uh, so you have to be smart about how you do it. And even more than uh, usual, like I'm hitting, keeping out of trouble is what they say you've got to do. And that <laughs> sounds quite easy. It's not so easy. Not uh, so easy. But, but um, being wet, the, being in that front section of the peloton becomes even more crucial. But it's easy to say, but you've got 100 and something bike riders trying to do the same thing. Yep. What's a little bit of, uh, what, what, what's a little hint on, on how you do that? Um, yeah, look, elbows, uh, you just have to be there um, and you just have to put yourself in position. Look, we'll be coming into the first sector after about 95, 96 kilometres and the first uh, sector is not too bad, and, and but we run into three pretty long sectors straight off the bat. And, yeah, look, and I think every single director will be telling their guys we need to be in the front. Um, there's not enough room on the road for everybody. It's probably only going to be three or four wide. So that's four guys that are on the front and everybody else missed out. So, um, yeah, but we just need to get through and stay out of trouble for the first two or three sectors. But uh, we've still got 100K of racing before that, um, potential potential strong wins tomorrow. Um, I mean, if everybody thinks that the breakaway is not going to go because everybody's so nervous, maybe that's the day the breakaway does go. Um, and we definitely want to be a part of any breaks that go before the first sector. And then, um, and then positioning and using the teammates, getting getting in there early, getting one side of the road together as a group, and, and making sure that they're in position. Um, but as as you said, you hit the first sector, and if we put all our energy into that, there's still 150k to the finish line, and that's a long way. And that's um, while you know it's it's not it, the race is won on the on the velodrome, not at the first sector, but uh, it's so so important tomorrow with the wet to be there. 
And I suppose you've had a look at the course today with a lot of these sectors where normally riders would be riding on the left-hand side or the yeah. right-hand side with a bit of dirt. That probably won't be able to happen with it, with the mud. They'll have to stick to the cobbles. Is that the case? Yeah, look, and, and even uh, we just did a sector here, the one before Arenberg, which is uh, I think it'll be 19 tomorrow, um, and, and quite muddy down the centre. And, and when you're riding on the ridge, we saw a couple of the guys slipping a little bit and then they end up in, in kind of the trough on the side of the road. So normally down the centre is the, is the safest way. You normally got a bit of grass, a little bit of dirt there because the cars don't use the centre. Um, and that's a nice, nice kind of safe way to ride. Um, but if that fills up with mud and you're slipping off that centre ridge down into the into the troughs, um, yeah, it can get a little bit dangerous. Um, and then once you're down in the troughs, it's it's often full of water and you can't really see what's what's under the wheels. So, um, yeah, you have to be a little bit more careful in in the wet, and uh, it's it's more about just getting through those really muddy sections rather than than picking a line. You're just trying to stay safe and and stay upright. Um, and they very they are very muddy, um, and uh, there's there's not a lot we can do. Look, the tyres have developed since 2001 or two when the last wet one was. Um, tyres are a lot wider, and uh, they've developed in in the compounds that they use. Um, but ultimately, I think we're riding on wet, muddy cobblestones, and they're going to be slippery. <laughs> and there's not a lot we can do about it. Just on the tyres, are you guys riding your tubulars? Uh, we've got a mix, actually, tubeless and uh, and tubs or old school singles, um, yep. 30, 30 millimetres. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it has, uh, I, I've never ridden on this tubeless technology that, you know, has come from mountain biking and mm. um, the guys seem seem happy with it and there's some guys that are still on the on the older style um, singles, as we used to call them. Um, so yep. a bit of a combination as they still try to work out exactly uh, get the best setup going. Now, who's your uh, hot tips for tomorrow? Who do you reckon are the, the, the big names? I mean, I'm probably just like everybody else. I mean, I, I think it'll, it might be an outsider. Um, but, uh, look, you can't really go past the cycle cross riders for obvious reasons. Um, you know, the skills that they have and, and the amount of time that they've spent riding around in the mud, slipping around in the mud. So... Macho and uh, and Walt Van Aert, obviously, you know, they're going to be, but there's a lot of pressure on them and a pressure on their teams to, to have them in position. And, and as we know, it doesn't take much um, to change that. Quick step, you know, uh, goes without saying, a strong team across the board. They've got options. They can put different people and, and they will back different guys in the break. Um, so, Michelle, if I'm up here, uh, read an article about him recently and he's one of those guys that lives to the cobbles. Um, so he'll be on to watch. He's in great form last week in the World Championships, the French team. Um, and then there's a lot of guys, you know, even Peter Sargon's coming into form. His bike handling is supreme, you know. Guys like this, he knows how to win this race. Um, I wouldn't count out a, a Philip Gilbert just, just because of uh, his experience. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a pretty open race. Um, so, yeah. Sensational. Look, thanks, Matty. Really appreciate uh, your time and yep. uh, uh, good luck. I wish the, wish the guys all the best from from Dan and I as well. Go on your buddy. I will do. I will do. I'll be in touch with them and, um, yeah, we're looking forward to a good one. Thanks, mate. Matty Heyman there. Uh, I was just chatting to Bewley whilst I was playing on WhatsApp and I sent him all those photos of the wet horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone, oh, bloody hell. I said, no, mate, only, only mad bastards will go right today. You'll be right up the front. And he said, see how this thing holds up and sent a photo of his arm that's fully taped up with all the, the sports tape. Because um, obviously, you know, he's, he's had a few crashes himself. He had a horrific one in 2014 at Brew Bay. Uh, one of the Cannondale cars took him out just before the Arenberg Forest. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be... Crazy and uh, fantastic insight from Maddie, Mitch, Stewie. Uh, now, one thing I want to say is it's also going to be the last race for Alan Piper uh, as DS. Uh, he's hanging the boots up. So I want to say a big shout out to Alan. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we've been working on a documentary on Alan, which sort of goes through his life and his career and and obviously dials up what happened, particularly at the Tour de France in 2020 with uh, today Pogacar. 
uh, and that'll be released in some format next year. So it's the first time sort of been on the tool since All for One and something that we're really proud of. And he's just such an inspiring character. I'll never forget on the potty last year when he when he, we interviewed him the morning of the final stage and he said, you know, life's about phases and whatever you're going through, it's just a phase. I mean, yeah, what, what he's done for so many people as a writer, as a DS, as a friend, um, he's one of the all-time great characters, not just from Australian cycling, but world cycling. So I want to say a big shout-out to Alan particularly. If he... Yes, well, uh, a superstar. I remember watching him race as a junior in Belgium uh, and I've uh, followed his career right, right through and, yeah, yeah, love him to death and uh, he's so inspirational. So I really look forward to uh, seeing the final product. You, I have been lucky enough to see uh, a fair bit of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, I can tell anyone who's listening, you will be blown away. It is something else. Mm. Yeah, we can't wait to get it out there in some format next year. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap things up, Johnny? No, I'm just looking forward to turning the TV on and seeing a little bit more than the last 50K. So, uh, but uh, look, I, I don't want to end on that because it was a wonderful women's uh, Paris Bay uh, yesterday. But this is going to be something else. And we thought the conditions were a bit hard for them yesterday. Well, as we just saw from those photos, it's going to be much, much mm. worse in today's uh, Paris Bay. Yeah, and if you do want to get fired up for the big edition, just watch Heyman's win again on YouTube. 2016 Paris-Roubaix. It still gets me every time. Uh, I've seen it probably a thousand times. It's it's as good uh, as the first time I saw it. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, keep supporting the show. We really do appreciate all the subscriptions and tell your mates. YouTube.com forward slash the detour podcast. We're on Instagram now. Uh, some great work from Katie Brown. Uh, from the Amy Gillett Foundation helping out with our socials. But uh, it does make a difference. So tell all your mates, get behind the show, and we'll be back again soon because if you turn on the notifications, you'll get uh, alerts when we go live. But we'll definitely be live on uh, Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. every week uh, on the Detour podcast. And all the best to the riders uh, for what will be an epic edition of the Paris-Roubaix. See you Thursday. This is the winning ride of the tour.